la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Welcome to Action Action, the action movie podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on our list. The list grows ever longer and longer. Uh, I am your host, James. I am joined, as always, by with Dustin. Hey. And John, we're just going to not mention his name anymore. <laughs> Who's John? I mean, he was here last week. <laughs> he was here just last week. What did the people uh, want? Him to be on every episode? I, I mean... I it's a whack-a-mole whether he's going to be on or not. We'll see. But before we get to our movie this week, we are on the BFOP network. Um, lots of great shows on there like Talking Back, uh, Podcasting After Dark, Blast from Red Pass. Uh, the horror one. The horror one. <laughs> it, revenge. Return. Return Resurrection. Return Revenge Resurrection. Okay, Return Revenge. Okay. Almost there. Almost there. I'll get it. Sorry. One of these days. Sorry. Damn it. Uh, anyways, Dustin, how you been? Yeah, not too bad. Not been, too uh, bad. Been in a not very exciting week, but yeah, I mean, we go from Mission Impossible Seven. <laughs> yeah, when we go to Avenging Force this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, how we have fallen, but <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell me what you've been watching this week? Uh, well, you know, I haven't watched a lot of movies this week. Been been catching up on some tv stuff um watched the first few episodes of the second season of the bear finally so i'm getting into that oh what episode are you on then uh, i've i started the fourth one but i haven't finished it yet oh okay so i'm working my way on that finally getting getting caught up nice i uh, watched three new episodes of the new justified city primeval i think it's called um, okay what it's called justified primeval Justified colon city primeval, I think is what it is. That's quite the title. Yeah. So it's like they've brought Justified back. I think it's just as like a, as a one season deal. Um, right. And so it's like specific thing where, you know, in the, in the past seasons of the show, they were in the South. Uh, and in this one they are in, it takes place in Detroit. Um, so Raylan Givens, the, uh, Timothy Oliphant character has to go on a, a job in Detroit and he's dealing with his teenage daughter and uh, there's some new bad guys and stuff. So it's uh, pretty fun so far. I mean, if you liked the old show, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't enjoy this one. Justified. I like the show. I just like everything. I just didn't continue to watch it. Yeah. He just fell off at some point. Yeah. So like yeah. every show I've ever watched. <laughs> every show you've ever watched. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I really like that show a lot. So uh, I was excited to see it come back in, in this form. Nice. Uh, what else? I've, I've been watching Dark Side of the Ring still, which is almost over, I think, the new season. Uh, they just had one that was the about the Bash at the Beach 2000, a WCW pay-per-view, where a whole bunch of crazy shit went down, where... Uh, the writer was out in the on in the ring calling out Hulk Hogan and saying he's a whiny bitch and all this kind oh, of wow. stuff. Okay. It's a whole bunch of stuff that went on backstage at that show and then ended up being like one of the most debacle kind of pay per views ever or whatever. Right. Um, there's been some really interesting episodes this year for sure on Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, there's, a, there's a couple other little TV things. Righteous Gemstones been been watching too, but I did get out to the theater to see Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. The, the Nolan, the new Nolan flick. Yeah. Uh, still haven't seen Barbie, so I haven't completed the Barbenheimer yeah. duo, but I, I do want to see Barbie. Uh, yeah, I really like this movie, actually. Did you go with your dad? Or? I went with my old man. And so what do you think? He liked it. He, he did think it was too long because it is fucking three hours long. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
It's very propulsive for a three-hour movie. It reminded me a lot of Oliver Stone's JFK, which was a movie that I was like really kind of obsessed with as a kid, as a teenager. Right. Uh, I even wrote like a paper on it and stuff in high school. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least that's, that's what Trump says. That's the conclusion that uh, everyone has come to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's really good. I thought anyway, much better than his. Like I didn't I didn't like Tenet. That was the first movie he put out where I was like, this kind of sucks if you ask me. Um, I I liked Dunkirk, but I didn't like love it or anything. I think this is mm-hmm. better than both of those at least. Uh, pretty interesting. I can't believe the amount of information he manages to cram into every fucking scene though. Like um, it's funny cause even when you're watching like, uh, the mission impossible movie, I had to leave to take a leak at one point cause it's like a two hour, 40 minute yeah. movie. Uh, and I had to do the same for this movie, but I was like, I don't know when to leave because if I, if I dip out of mission impossible, it's like, okay, maybe, yeah, I, you maybe I'll miss an action beat or some yeah. stupid spy talk that doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> uh, with this, it was like, there is no good time to leave because you feel like everything that everyone is saying all the time is like important. <laughs> so, right. uh, so, you know, you just had, I just had to finally leave at some point and hope it was not that I was going to miss anything too major, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I, I definitely recommend it. I heard there's like a scene where two people are naked for like five minutes. Yeah. There's a scene, um, with Killian Murphy and, uh, Florence Pugh where they're sitting on, uh, some chairs in a hotel room nude. Yeah. All I heard, all I've heard is like, why is that in the movie? Yeah. Well, I've heard, you know, you've, I've seen some of that where it's like, I've seen this like kind of prudish, what, why is there nudity in a movie? Like, (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck? Americans. What does this have to do with history? (laughs) And then I've seen, I think in like a couple countries, they like, uh, in China, I think for sure they, they edit it. So it's like, she's wearing like a dress or a shirt in the scene or something like that. Like, I don't know, they CG'd a shirt onto her or a dress onto her or something. Yeah. So you wouldn't see her boobies, um, you know, which you don't want to see those boobings tips. That's, yeah, that's, that's bad news. too much. You might jerk off in the theater. <laughs> in the movie theater. Uh, um, and other than that, I, I, was, uh, I was at a ghost host Dan's house the other night and uh, he threw on the Tim Burton Batman and we just kind of like how when you were over a little while ago we ended up watching the entire thing of rocky three yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it was the same sort of thing we just threw it on to be on in the background and we ended up watching the entire thing nice of, the entire batman movie so nice which is a, an all-time banger so <laughs> that's cool yeah what about you what have you been watching right on um i'm trying to rack my head because i hadn't put anything into my letterbox uh diary so I, I watched a kid's movie, but for the fucking life of me, I can't remember. Because I'm pretty sure last week I already mentioned Jungle to Jungle, right? I'm pretty sure I no, mentioned that. No, Jungle to Jungle? Is yeah, that the Tim Allen the one? the Tim Allen no, one. No, no, you didn't talk about that. Oh, I didn't talk about that? I don't think so. I feel like I'd remember that. I'm pretty sure I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Uh, Jungle to Jungle, yeah. Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, he plays the same character. It's like, it doesn't matter what he's in. Yeah. It's like the same character, right? So <laughs> I uh, can't remember if I saw that one. Um, I feel like I did. So he's like a stock trader. Yeah. And um, so what happens is, is he's getting remarried so he has to go find his wife that he never got a divorce from. Well, his wife is like a doctor in, oh, in, yeah, a, tri- yeah, yeah, in yeah. a tribe somewhere. I, I think I did see and this. And so he goes there and then she's like, oh, hey, surprise, you have a son. <laughs> and so it's like this fish out of water thing. Right. And then the son comes back with him to New York and it's just like a typical fish jungle out of water. Jungle the jungle. Yeah, I get it. Um, hijinks are ensued, and um, <laughs> you know, some pigeons die. Tim Allen. It's funny how he had that. Look, like he had a bit of a movie career there, just for a little while. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, like that between that and, of course, the Santa Claus movies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, after watching this uh, and my kids enjoying it, I'm like, okay, I think we're probably gonna watch the Santa Claus movies now. Oh yeah, I Christmas remember liking time. the first, at least the first one. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're fun for what they are, right? Yeah. I mean, I grew up on, you know, Ernest Saves Christmas. Right. 
So, I mean, that was my jam, <laughs> right? You got all the holidays. Ernest saves Christmas. Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> Ernest goes to summer camp. I mean, Ernest goes to jail. I mean, you got that's them a, all. Oh, that's a good holiday. That's, that's Ernest a, goes to yeah, jail. Ernest goes to jail. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Slam dunker. Ernest. <laughs> hey, Ernest goes to Africa is one of them too, I think. One is of the it? later ones, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, watch that. And then, so I'd say, hey, you know what? Why not? Just watch it. Just dive in. Just, Just dive, dive in. into the men's whole filmography. Into the back catalog of Tim did you Did you ever see, he had this movie called, I think it was Big Trouble, where it was like a comedy crime, kind of like going for like a get shorty kind of, that kind of vibe. Oh, no. I remember thinking it was pretty funny. I saw it in the theater when it came out, and then I haven't seen it since, and I don't actually remember the details of oh, it. I was like, I gotta, I should watch that again and see if it's actually good or not. Yeah, you should watch it. Got to support our man, Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, my wife and I, we watched a four-part documentary on, uh, it's called The Secrets of Hillsong. Oh, yeah, like the, the it's Christian about, church. Yeah, Bieber's uh, church. Yeah. Um, so interesting. I didn't really know much um, about Hillsong. I just knew it was like some hipster priest priest. Preacher mm-hmm. guy, right? Like, but uh, it's kind of like the rise and fall of the guy, and then, but then it like really dives deep into the whole Hillsong um, church and like group of churches and how it started and and then, what do, what kind of are they just considered an evangelical church? Or are they like a charismatic? Uh, thing? It's like a Protestant. No, what Pe- is it? Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a Pentecostal. Right. So it's some of the more wild. Stuff. Yeah, it's like speaking in tongues and speaking shit. Speaking in tongues. But but the thing laying is, laying on of hands. <laughs> the the church that was in New York, like Bieber's church. Yeah. Fucking Bieber. Uh, <laughs> it was. It didn't like show any of that stuff. So it was presenting itself as like, we're the hip and cool, like we're modern, we accept right, everyone, right? right? Yeah. But then it became this whole like, the leader, I forget the guy's name right now, um, but the guy that started the church, he's like, yeah, we don't accept same-sex marriage and all this stuff. So then it became like this whole right. thing. We're hip and cool, but we actually aren't all that hip or cool. <laughs> We're not all that hip and cool. So it turns out we actually are the same as all the other And then shit. it turns <laughs> out like the founder of the church, like um, the main guy who's Australian. So his dad, um, like they came from New Zealand. So they had a church in New Zealand, but um, there's all these reports and uh, court findings where he actually like sexually abused kids and stuff. The so dad of the, the dad, guy that started it. The dad. So then, so then it goes into this whole thing, the cover up and all all this stuff. So, and then Good the stuff. Australian government is like looking into them and taking like starting to actually like try to take them down, basically. So, jeez, yeah. So it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, there's more. It's kind of like a lot of these things when they're. They're fresh because it came out this year. There's more to come because, you know, right. he had a court case this year. So he's like right in the middle of it. So it's an ongoing. It's an story. ongoing thing. And that's probably why on Disney Plus it's season one and it's oh, okay. only four <laughs> like, episodes. Let's leave some room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For more. So I watched that. And um, that's about it. But have you seen Sound of Freedom yet, James? <laughs> Sound of Freedom? No, I haven't. Uh, have you heard about this movie? No. Oh, man. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Yeah, so it's like a big deal like indie movie right now that's been making a lot of money. Um, and it stars Jim Caviezel, the guy that was Jesus in the Passion of the Christ movie. Oh, okay. Uh, who is a, like, he's like a full-on QAnon dude. Sweet. And so this movie is about like child uh, abductions and uh, all oh. that kind of stuff. He believes oh, in like, like the adrenochrome. The adrenochrome. Yeah. I don't think it goes, the movie goes into that stuff. Like the movie presents a more... Well, it keeps me young. More grounded. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you young and fresh. Yeah. I was wondering, I was going to ask you what your secret is. <laughs> Um, Adrenochrome <laughs> and that um, that circumcised dick cream. Oh yeah, yeah. that the celebrities use some of that. On yeah, <laughs> I like to rub that <laughs> penis tip all over my face. Yeah, 
That's the one Fuck, does. you heard it here. <laughs> James Rubb's circumcised penis tips. <laughs> anyway, this movie's doing like really good. Um, it was a movie, I guess, that I think Disney owned, but they like didn't want to put it out, they decided. And so some other person picked it up, has put it out. It's been marketed as like a movie liberals don't want you to watch. And so then okay. they, you know, they're doing one of those system things where like churches and different groups buy whole busloads worth of tickets for people to go to the movie to see it. So it's like making a, a lot more money than anyone anticipated kind of thing. Right. Anyway. So any, if you're, if you're ever on like, I guess you, you don't waste your time on Facebook, but I go on there and there's like movie groups. And then, so like you'll see, Oh, Barbie made blah, blah, blah money. And then all these people in the comments will be like, you should see sound of freedom. It's, it's an amazing eye opening experience. <laughs> oh <thing>. my God. <laughs> There's just tons of that going on right now. Right. Cause anyway. that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. No, I haven't. Maybe you can let me know. Yeah. I'll like. see it next week. I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> Gotta throw yeah, them some money. I, I have definitely have not heard it. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all I've watched. So uh, you know what? Why don't we get to the movie we watched this week? We watched 1986's Avenging Force. Uh, roll the trip. It began with a celebration, shattered by brutal violence, until Michael Dudikoff, star of American Ninja became the avenging force. What have you? I missed. Gentlemen, Captain Matt Hunter, one of the best agents my father ever had. He's the only one who can oppose a deadly brotherhood. They have a hunting club. What? A hunting club. Except they don't hunt animals. They hunt men. Bring them down. Now, in the ultimate form of pure savage combat, they are the hunters. And he is the target. In the final confrontation, the deadliest enemy meets the avenging force. Avenging force. When getting even just isn't enough. All right, so yeah, Avenging Force. Dustin, this is your pick. Um, so this is a senator is targeted by the Pentangle. <laughs> the Pentangle. Uh, a right-wing paramilitary group. His pal, uh, former CIA agent and martial artist, tries to help him. The group kidnaps the agent's sister and tries to hunt him down the most <laughs> dangerous game style yeah okay um <laughs> why don't you tell me what your relationship with this movie is well this is not a movie i'd ever seen before and actually like even though i did watch a lot of canon movies growing up and stuff right. uh i don't remember this one being around i don't remember seeing this at the video store or anything maybe it was there and i just didn't notice or whatever but or maybe it just happened to not be at my like as a kid Canon was like a big thing. Like you knew of Canon. Well, no, no, or I didn't. I didn't just happen. Well, I mean, to... I would see the Canon logo, but I wasn't like being like I am renting Canon movies. Like you know, they were just marketing movies that I was interested in, whether it was Bloodsport or American Ninja or whatever. Right. Um, I ended up seeing a lot of their movies just because they were putting out a type of thing that I was interested in watching. Right. Yeah. Um, but this isn't one of the ones that I had seen, and. I'd I'd been feeling like uh, I was in a canon mood. We hadn't done any canon. I don't think we've done any canon movies this year, this season, if you will. Really? Yeah, I don't think we have. Um, I think it's been a little while. So okay. I was just kind of in the mood for some of that kind of goofy B action. Um, I had seen a review of this on Red Letter Media on one of their best of the worst episodes yeah. that they do, where they just talk about bad movies. Uh, and I was like, oh, this looks like something we should we should do. Like it looks fun. Um, and I knew Michael Dudikoff, the guy that plays Matt Hunter from, he was in him and actually him and Steve James, who plays the, uh, Larry Richards, the Senator. Yeah. Uh, they were both like the tandem that were in the American Ninja movies for Canon. Yeah. Which I've, I haven't seen any. Yeah. Of them. And I mean, so I was like, Oh, should we do American Ninja or whatever? And I was like, well, I haven't seen this. So it'd be, it'd be fun. Cause I haven't seen it. So, so. you ha actually haven't seen never, it. Never had seen oh, it okay. until now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it was a new watch for me. <laughs> 
Um, uh, by the way, I also thought his name was Manhunter <laughs> for the longest time because I couldn't pick up on what the fuck they were saying because oh. they kept saying Manhunter, but Man, it was Man Matt Hunter. Matt, was Hunter. <laughs> Matt Hunter. Eventually, I picked up on that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Well, and Matt Hunter, I th- believe, is the same name as Chuck Norris's character in Invasion USA because this was originally meant to be a sequel to Invasion USA. Oh, you know what? It would have been way better with Chuck Norris. <laughs> you didn't like Dudikoff? He's so pretty. <laughs> I, he's fine, I guess. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so I'd never seen it, um, but I was interested in it because of what I'd seen on that show, and I was just like, "This looks like it could be the the canon delivery that I'm looking for." I mean, there were they made a lot of like really great choices, like you know they have the the right wing white. Yeah, we got uh, the right the white nationalists. Yeah, uh, like crazies who are wanting to get into politics and yeah i love it that they're the bad guys like you already have me there right and it's following it and when i was reading about it and was like oh it was meant to be a sequel to invasion usa it makes a lot of sense like because it has the same type of bad guys um it has bad guys that are willing to go to like extreme lengths like these fuckers just kill children like with a snap of a finger in this movie Uh, that was pretty shocking They were just like, they just shot that little boy. And honestly, so I saw that and I'm like, wow, okay. But then I also, I'm like, well, what is he going to do though? (laughs) Like he has to, like he, he has to fulfill whatever fucking psycho, you know, white national future that, you know. Um, and yeah, so the the leader of the pentangle is, uh, uh, John P. Ryan, the actor, he plays Elliot Glastonbury. Uh, I love this guy as the bad guy. He's like, he's got the crazy eyes. He's definitely got the crazy eyes. Like he seems like he's maybe actually insane. And I've seen him in a bunch of movies and he's usually a villain. Um, and he's just, I don't know. I thought he was a good bad guy in this. He literally seems like a a nutcase. He was good. I mean, that end fight, uh, that he has with them. Um, he has like this weird stance, like his, <laughs> it, it's like his waist is really small, but his like shoulders were really like pointy and like large, but then he's got the crazy eyes yeah, that go eyes. with it. Yeah. And it was really odd. Um, <laughs> I liked it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely plays that villain, crazy villain, psychotic character yeah. very well. Well, okay, so the, when the movie opens, and I'm, well, I'm assuming, sorry, you asked me what my experience is. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you have not seen this movie before. Never even heard of it. Yeah. Um, Don't even know. <laughs> uh, so it opens with, like, the same way that Hard Target opens with a bunch of dudes hunting a yeah. guy, uh, or a couple guys, actually, and like, but in the, in the swamps of Louisiana, which is the same setting as Hard Target. Yeah. So I'm thinking John Woo saw this movie and ripped it the fuck off. And thank you. <laughs> thank you, John Wu. Uh, you've just improved. You improved on everything. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. But that said, I do think this is kind of fun. Like, for some reason, these guys wear these goofy fucking costumes while they're hunting. Like, they're some kind of slasher killers or something. And this, like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, most of the movie, I don't understand what the fuck's going on. Like, I, I kind of get the whole white nationals thing. And they feel like the time's running out. This is their moment and all this shit. Like, I get that. But then this, like, hunting and they're betting. Yeah, it's kind of like two like, weird plots, right? Yeah. Like, like they're, a, they're a political group. They're going to, they want to assassinate uh, Steve James's character because he's a black guy who is running for office. But then there's this whole, like, they are also, like, these rich assholes who hunt people for fun as, like, a sport kind of thing. Yeah, it just like, and it's like, okay, whatever. That's what you do on the weekend. Sure. <laughs> sure. But like, I get it. Okay? We all have our, our hobbies. We all have our hobbies. But they try to play this, um, like, towards the end of the movie where Matt Hunter goes to this, this hillbilly bayou party, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. there's all, like... I don't know if we're supposed to be like, wow, these people are fucked. They're so backwaters, like they're yeah. fucked in the head, right? Where I saw that and I'm like, these people are just having a good fucking time. Yeah. 
They seem like wholesome people. They're wholesome just because there's like they're dolling up child prostitutes in the Okay. <laughs> that was separate. That was separate. Everybody was else though <laughs> seemed normal and uh, well, well, I, I just think they should have been a little more crazy. Yeah. Maybe take it. Well, you know, this actually was just like um that movie I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, Southern Comfort, a Walter Hill movie where the National Guard guys are in Louisiana. And there's a scene just like this where they end up in this like little backwoods, you right. know, hick town. And it's exactly like this. They're having a party. They're playing music and doing their thing. And the bad guys are somewhere in there kind of thing. Right. So I was like, oh, weird. It's like the same scene almost. Um, obviously directed at different levels by Walter Hill and uh, Sam Furstenberg, who directed this movie. <laughs> I mean, to me, these people need to be more like Hunter's Blood style backwaters. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, just fucked up. Right. Like, they're carving bodies up kind of <laughs> shit. I don't think... I think you, you're right, though. Like, I don't think that these people in the whatever little village... I don't think they're all supposed to be bad guys or anything. I think they kind of allow or make, like the pentangle to sort of operate there or the yeah, because just does what they want they're white and they want <laughs> right. white people to you know to prosper yeah <laughs> I like guess. i get that from the movie but like i just you gotta lean into the evil fucking shit it would be more like, fun if yeah, they were, if they were crazy uh, you know yeah uh, like redneck, uh, just have someone carving up a pig or something <laughs> like do something anything like that um well we do get the the cross-dressing uh I don't know, like yeah, they're den okay, they're okay the with that, but house. it just doesn't align with their political views. I know, but isn't that wouldn't that be the way it really was? Like they'd be like secretly into you know I all guess. kinds of stuff that they would never admit. That's true. You know, it comes out later that such and such politician, you know, oh, he's yeah. a family values guy, but he was really fucking hookers the whole time. Or, you oh know, yeah, totally. Whatever the case, making his uh, girlfriends get abortions and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get that opening hunt. The one guy's got like a weird ma white mask. There's like, uh, you know, John P. Ryan's character has a strange, I guess it's kind of be supposed to be like Mardi Gras, maybe like they're all wearing weird outfits kind of. Oh, I guess so. I never really thought of that. Yeah. Because we do get that big Mardi Gras parade yeah. scene later, which I thought was pretty fun too. Like there's some pretty cool locations in this actually for a low budget Canon movie. Um, like that's fun with the parade and all the people on the balconies and stuff. Um, we get some good squibs there once they, they try to pull off an assassination attempt. They do kill Steve James, one of his, his older son. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. I, okay. I, I wasn't sure if I saw him getting shot in that thing. It looked like he did. And I was like, Oh, I guess he, uh, he's dead. He's done. He's dying. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like, I get like it should have you should have killed his sons or killed his wife or whatever in that scene. But then it should have been like at the house, you kill all the other family members. But now it's just the two of them and the two of them go into the bayou. And imagine if right. the two of them walked right. into that how that would be like the music stops everyone mm -hmm. stares at them yeah then, right that you would know, be a whole different dynamic that would be a whole different dynamic yeah. it would it would kind of raise the stakes a little bit i think no i think that's a good point um and it would be more fun to watch them sort of teaming up to yeah. take the guys down instead of it being like oh only matt hunter survives to yeah exactly to and if you him. want matt hunter to survive be the only one then you can have him you know the other guy die in that last in the hunt. last part yeah they kill him off earlier. He does get to be in a couple of big action set pieces. They have that um, the shootout chase. and fight. Yeah, like, like the car chase that ends and then like turns into a a fight scene, like a lot of hand to hand fighting at that like wasteland shipyard yeah. kind of thing. I thought there was some cool shit. Yeah, that in was kind of cool. Like they're they're up on that rotting boat and uh, I don't know, just crawling all around and finding ways to. I bet you that boat's full of asbestos. <laughs> Fucking full of asbestos. Yeah, I'm sure. They're like, nah, nah, just, this is canon. Like, just get in there. This is canon. Get in just there. Just fucking roll around. Well, speaking of which, uh, I guess uh, that um, Dudikoff later said that uh, the scenes where, you know, he's running around through the swamps, um, getting poured on or whatever, even though it's like clearly fake rain for most yeah. of those scenes. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh yeah, he's like running through fucking 
spider webs and like getting all this shit on me and he's like he got really sick he got like sores and stuff and oh like, my god because there was you know days and days of probably shooting him yeah probably running around in that that muck or whatever i did think like okay watching this and he's running around in the swamp i'm like okay this is a canon film you know they're probably not that strict on safety there's probably fucking alligators or some shit yeah, yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> right. Snakes. Like, I can't imagine what the conditions were like. like. Yeah, I'm sure not, you know, anything like they would be today or, or even back then from an like from a real studio. Right. Like it's kind of and you can tell that like for a lot of the movie, Dudikoff is doing his own stunts like he's in camera. There's certain things where it's obviously they've switched him out. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff where he's, oh, he jumps down off the roof of the ship to the thing or he, whatever. Like, yeah. He jumps over whatever, a tree and it's like, it's clearly him doing it. So I think, uh, you know, he probably took a little bit of a, a beating making this movie, um, which is funny because like, I don't know, the budgets for these things weren't, weren't huge. Um, they were, I think Canon was above certain, certain studios or. I honestly find it remarkable, like, you know, canon movies, they have a certain reputation, they're cheap, they're this, they're that. But, like, what they can do... They do a lot. For the budget, like, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for the time, the 80s, for kids that were looking for fun action movies to rent, like, they delivered the goods most of the time. Not always. Sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it awful, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well... Bloodsport is as good as Die Hard or something like that. But no, like, no, no, it has its own place. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's got its own place. So when I watch this, I'm like, this is a canon movie. And for a canon movie, I thought it was good. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Um, you know, most of the action is de- is pretty decent for this kind of thing. Um, you get a clear picture of who's who and who's doing what. Uh, the geography of it, the locations were pretty good for the fights and stuff. Um, Dudikoff scaling that Mardi Gras building to chase. We had that like yeah. the, the pentangle has that like bald little nerdy guy with glasses that yeah. works for them. Who's he keeps failing in his uh, objectives to to kill Steve James, and then they go, they eventually kill him themselves. But I kind of bought into the pentangle. Like it's not very unrealistic. We have real fucking people like this. I mean, uh, maybe they don't wear you know spooky Halloween costumes and hunt people in the jungle, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it is kind of crazy. The like his whole speech. Um, I guess he's a professor, Professor Elliot Glastonbury. That's the leader. That's uh, John P. Ryan. Yeah, um, he's a professor. Yeah, yeah he's right. a professor. Oh yeah, because we see that meeting with the French guy, and he's yeah. Like, so he has like this speech, right, where he talks about how. You know, society's going to shit, basically, and it's our time to take it back and all this. That whole speech, I'm pretty sure I could, like, right, yeah. you turn can, the you TV totally on see that. and, like, hear yeah, somebody yeah, say that shit. You hear it right now on television. Yeah, so it's like, fucking nothing changes, I guess. Yeah, here we are. We're still in the same, <laughs> same old, situation. Same fights. They kind of, like, kind of rises and ebbs, right? Like, it, yeah. it comes and goes to a certain extent, but... Yeah. Now... Like I said before, I, you know, confused on multiple fronts during this movie. Mm. The sister, no <laughs> fucking idea that was his sister. Yeah, at first I thought it was his daughter. I was like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. I'm but then lo- she says something about, um, you know, something if mom, mom and, dad and dad were here. And I was like, oh, okay, it's his sister. Like, it's not his daughter. But also, I thought that little girl was fucking hilarious because... Oh, Clearly, at the beginning? Well, her dialogue, like, the who's ever speaking is not actually the little girl. It's been dubbed over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, it's, it's a person doing a little girl voice. Oh, man. At the beginning, like, he's riding the horse. Mm-hmm. Or, right? The She's, horse or hey, a bull. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Hey, Matt, don't get dirty. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to get all dirty. Yeah, he's a fucking cowboy. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you expect? Go the fuck He's inside. a cowboy in the swamps of Louisiana, you know, like all those cowboys. <laughs> yeah, like a typical cowboy. <laughs> uh, 
I every time she spoke, I I started laughing through like the whole movie because it's so obviously not her voice uh, like that's being sp- spoken. And sure enough, I looked it up, and yeah, somebody for whatever reason, I guess they didn't like her actual voice, so they dubbed her over with someone doing a little girl voice. Oh man, that must have been so crushing to that. <laughs> I'm girl. sure it was. They're like, sorry, your voice sucks. Your voice. We like what you do. <laughs> We're just the gonna, acting part, but we're just like gonna get James voice. Earl Jones in here to do a, a little girl voice. Oh fuck! <laughs> um, hey Matt, don't get dirty. <laughs> every time she says anything in the movie, I just started laughing. Fuck! But the part that made me laugh the hardest, and maybe this is terrible, um, you know, later, uh, you know, after Steve James and and Michael Dudikoff like fucked them up at the shipyard. The they the pentangle kills the ball guy because they're like you're a fucking failure, uh, and they go to decide. They find out he's at his ranch. Yeah, and they're all there. He's got yeah. the family there. Um, Steve James and his wife and their uh, their younger son are there. Uh, the sister, the little sister is there. So they find out he's there. They're gonna go attack them there at the ranch, and they light the house on fire, a bunch of gas and stuff. Yeah. Steve James goes back in to get his youngest son who's on the in that he's like sleeping in the room in the attic kind yeah. of thing. Uh he takes like an arrow in the back, he gets shot, he manages to get up there to rescue him. Michael Dudikoff follows him in, he's like, Take my son and like, you know, save yeah. him, save him. Yeah. He dies, he just falls and like yeah, into he, the burning house and yeah. he's done. And Michael Dudikoff goes to the top level to go out the front window on the attic level. <laughs> And they shoot him through the leg with an arrow, and he and then he drops fa- he drops the, the kid who is like a really bad a, dummy, a dummy, yeah. and like the way that they fall off this roof, it, I rewound it like three or four times. <laughs> I was dying. I was laughing so hard. The way it looks, the way it, he, he like fall forward off the roof. Michael Dudikoff lands directly on the kid and like on his head and they like roll <laughs> they like roll and then fall onto the ground yeah. it's probably like when you watched it on a vhs maybe it wasn't so clear like the details right. of it right. but like watching it like the, a blu-ray rip or whatever of it like clearly uh they like it just looks terrible like and he looks like he it looks like he falls and crushes the kid and then when he's on the ground he's fine he like pops up and he's like oh matt whatever and then, then the Pentangle guys just come and fucking blow him away. Yeah, they just shoot him. And they also kill the wife, right? Like, they shoot yeah. the wife character. Yeah, I know. It's brutal. Um, it is brutal. Like, they don't show it. Like, they, they cut away. But it's like, I don't know. It feels feels it's pretty nasty. It's cold. It's cold-blooded. And then I was like, okay, that makes sense that this was supposed to be Invasion USA. Because that's how the, the guys were in that movie. Oh, like, yeah, They just totally. were firing rockets into people's houses and all kinds of shit. Yeah. The cops in Invasion USA, like, they pull up to, like, a crowd sitting outside of, like, a club or something like that, and then they just, like, mow them all down. Like, they don't care, right? right? Yeah. So so it's, like, it it's understandable that, like, in this one, they just, like, blatantly kill um, the family. Like, they don't seem to really care, especially children. <laughs> <laughs> right, but even back in the 80s, I feel like that wasn't a thing you saw a lot in movies. Like taking the villains to that level um yeah or true. Like, or like maybe you'd blow up a bunch of people but you don't like show it it's like you know it's well they didn't show him like they show him no, like true. shooting they but show they him don't... shooting but you know what's happening like that he's shooting a kid <laughs> like yeah point blank rage. yeah now i mean invasion usa like i fucking love that movie came out of nowhere for me <laughs> i fucking love that movie only one year before this movie if i recall crazy but yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see Chuck Norris come back and like be this actually be the continuing story. Cause even though they, I don't really get understand. They're like, it, it's not supposed to be the same character. Like Michael Dudikoff is not playing the same character that Chuck Norris played, even though originally this was meant, developed as an invasion USA oh, sequel. Okay. So, but I think they just must've been like, yeah, but Matt Hunter's such a cool name. Let's just not bother changing the character's name. <laughs> no one will remember that they watched a movie last year with the character with the same name as yeah. this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. But man, uh, I just got to go back and touch on that dummy scene again for a second. Cause mm, yeah. go on YouTube and just watch I'm gonna, that. I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> I did laugh when the dummy, it's like... It's so obvious. It's so obvious it's a dummy, (laughs) so it's kind of funny, but Uh, I didn't realize he falls on his head. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a scene too here where someone gets lit on fire and they like run out of the building um, and jump. I think it was maybe supposed to be the grandpa, like the old guy. Right. Uh, I think that was Kane Hodder who play, ended up playing Jason later in all the, a bunch of the Friday the 13th movies. Oh, okay. Um, he, and he said that it was his first fire uh, stunt like that he had done since much earlier in his career someone was interviewing him about being a stuntman and he did like a, one of those fire things for them. Like you light yourself on fire. Yeah. And he ended up like getting a whole bunch of third degree and second degree burns all over his body. Oh my God. Like it went wrong. So, but here he is doing a fire stunt in this film. Can you imagine being like, all right, let's do it again. Like, let's go back for some more of that. I I guess like, you're like, yeah, I can. (laughs) I, I mean, I just can't imagine like stunt, performers like you know i really appreciate them because it makes it look real because they're actually doing it but like my god like you gotta have a screw (laughs) screw no like i I don't know about that but like i just i mean it it is a performance like no yeah you know so whether it's like falling off of a roof or what like there's a guy that takes a pretty big fall in this into the into the water off of a off the top of a crane or whatever. Yeah. Um. And you're you're hitting water, but even then, the stuff can go wrong, right? Like. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, for sure, you got to appreciate the stuff to to sell these movies, especially at this era where there there was no CG, there was no, no. faking any shit. No. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like um I was. I was at like a, from my work, I was at like a wholesaler getting some products and they have a, a TV, a new TV up there. And what's on TV is like Hulk, yeah, the Hulk movie. And it's all CGI, right? Like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they want you to see how good that CG looks on the new TV. Yeah. But this is like the old Hulk movie, right? Right. Like this oh, is like the, like the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely you can <laughs> it's tell a, it's aged yeah it hasn't aged well let's say <laughs> i remember at the time it was pretty good when it came out like those effects yeah and this particular scene it's like up you know the military's fighting the hulk there's all these helicopters that are all of the helicopters are cg oh, yeah. and so the hulk is cg the helicopters are cg right and then they like sprinkle in some real explosions on like these, <laughs> they take real explosions, but CG them onto the helicopter when it blows up. Like it just, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've advanced. Yeah. Um, well, and as fun as, so as fun as I think like the action set pieces in this movie are, I do think the, the flow of the movie is pretty clunky. Like, it doesn't have the best pacing because of the way that it's structured. Like, and like you were saying, I think it would have been a way better idea for Steve James to live at least until the end. Uh, if not for the whole movie and like, uh, like it's gotta be, Oh, it's the white guy battling the racists. Why wouldn't it, why shouldn't it be the black guy that's battling the racists where he's like, you know, he has like the lines of like, Oh Matt, this isn't your fight. Like blah, blah, blah. Um, but of course it, Matt has to take it on because he dies, he dies. Right. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. It would have been more fun for them to be a pair and maybe they were just thinking like, Oh, well we already have these guys as a pair in the American Ninja series. Who cares? Yeah. So the guy died, the, like in my version, he would die in the last fight. So right. it doesn't really matter. Like it would have made those final scenes more fun. I think because, you know, once um, they kidnap the the sister after they killed everyone else, and he and they're like, now we're gonna play the deadly game or whatever they call it. Yeah. In the movie, so he has to do the. He has to be the one who's getting hunted. And, and to be honest with you, I don't give a shit about the sister. <laughs> like, like they kidnapped the sister. I wasn't like, oh my god, oh no, we better go get the sister. I was like, fucking leave her. <laughs> Just let her go. Just let her go. That's uh, how I am with the justified daughter right now on that on that show. Yeah, I was just like, you know, he's going into the bayou. He's going to this party. And I'm like, why is he going there? Oh, yeah, right. The sister. He's trying to get the sister back. But That's I'm just, his sister. So obviously, he cares about her. Obviously. Well, does he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
like maybe he shouldn't have her around like what he's supposed to be her guardian there's some weird lines too where like they're visiting people and they're like oh she's turning into a real pretty girl oh yeah well the grandpa says that yeah, he says something like that i was like all right calm down yeah at the beginning so and this is why i was confused at the beginning i'm like she's way too young to be like a love interest here. yes like Way too Glad young. Glad we agree on that. But like, I was confused because I didn't know what the fuck what her role. The rela- what what, the relationship what was the relationship? All I knew is he was Manhunter, and there was this <laughs> ADR voiced girl that I don't know what the relationship is. I I at first actually thought that he was her uncle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like so, her parents died. He's and, the uncle that's taking care of and her. And he's now. the uncle. But it's like he doesn't have He's like Batman and she's his Robin. <laughs> but yeah, well and that's the thing. Like she, he doesn't have any kind of like fatherly sense to him. No. At all, right? But he's supposed to be the caregiver for her. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But because he just leaves her with whoever, like the family members and is like all right, I got to go fight these white nationalists. You stay here kind of thing. He doesn't seem, I mean, that's just a canon. It's just a canon. I mean, just send her to a boarding school. You know what I mean? Send her to a boarding school. Get her out of here. Don't you want to hear that ADR voice though, James throughout the film? uh, Well, yeah, (laughs) I guess so. I mean, well, and what was the point of kidnapping her? Because he just goes to that little backwoods town. Like we talked about earlier, finds her getting dolled up to be a prostitute and just like takes her back and then he goes into the jungles and they start hunting him like their game so why did they kid i guess they just kidnapped him her to make him come to them in the yeah first because they want to play the most deadliest but game. he just seems like if they were just like hey we're gonna we want to play this fucking game with you you see who's the best he would have just done it anyway because he would have wanted to kill them right uh, yeah, they could have said like, Hey, we're having a little bit of a party. Why don't you come find us basically? And then, yeah. and then he just then shows they just up start playing the game with him and then they play the game. They, they put did. on their weird fucking put on sex their... gimp masks and <laughs> stuff. And then they hunt him in the chest. I mean, it would have been one. hilarious if one of them had like a ball gag or something. <laughs> yeah, well, the one guy has a mask that's like that. He just doesn't have that yeah. element of it. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like machine from eight millimeter if it. Right. Seen that. Right. Um, yeah. So they've all got their own little costume. Uh, they start hunting him in the swamps. He takes them out one by one. But this would have been better if it was like div- divide and conquer. If he was fighting one guy, Steve James was fighting another guy at the same yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. We would have got some of that Steve James kung fu. <laughs> like right. Just some of the more fun uh, stuff. I don't know. Because instead he he gets his ass kicked by each one of these guys. Like he really goes through the ringer. He eventually yeah. beats them almost by accident in some of the fights. And then he moves on to the next one. But like he gets worked over even by like the guys you think, oh, this this is the early one. It'll be an easy one. The first yeah. one. No, first one's not easy. First guy beats the shit out of him. He manages to monkey flip him onto like a, like a tree stick stump or something. Yeah. Stump. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't even that impressed with these <laughs> fights at the end i'm like I mean, this I is they were it? fine for this kind of thing but th- this is supposed to be the climax this is supposed to be the fucking well the best. climax is at the mansion right that fight you talked about with him and john p ryan yeah i guess so uh but i was thinking this was going to be the climax like because it seems like this is what it's all been working to is this the deadly game thing yeah um yeah, I don't know. I think, like, for me, I know what kind of action that's going to get. I'm going to get delivered from this type of movie, from a canon movie. So, like, I was fine with it. Is it the most exciting stuff? No. Is it the best choreographed stuff ever? Not by any means. But I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty reasonable for this level of thing. Um, they could have been a little more inventive, I feel like, with some of the ways that he won, won a couple of these fights, just to make it seem more... Like one of them, he just like wrestles a knife out of the guy's hand and then stabs him. And it seems pretty anticlimactic. Right? It's a very large knife. <laughs> it is. But it's like, OK, um, uh, certainly I liked watching these guys die because they're scumbags. But like, 
I don't know, and they each have their own weird look. Like there's the bald older guy with yeah. the mustache, and yeah. there's the French dude, and there's the young guy that's maybe going to be the one who runs for, for office, office and yeah. stuff. Um, they had those like funny scenes with them fencing like <laughs> earlier. Fucking losers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying to an extent. Like the, the swamp scene feels like it should feel a little more monumental. But again, it would have been helped if there were two of them fighting these guys instead of just one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could have had the two of them, the one guy dies, and then you still have that scene at the mansion at the end. Like, yeah. you know, like. Right. Right. Like, yeah, that's right. He's di- He dies in that swamp. And then like Matt Hunter has to go and fight by himself at the very end. At the, I did think it was funny that John P. Ryan could put up such a good fight. Like he's a fucking old guy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's in particularly great shape. His crazy eyes help him help sell it a oh, bit, yeah. but it does seem funny that like Matt Hunter, who's this young in the prime of his life, dude couldn't really fight off this old guy all that effectively. Like he almost lost this fight. Well, I mean, he's kind of worn down. That's true. He fought everybody else. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know, in this movie, we don't have it that the, the right hand man is the toughest guy. The old guy actually is the toughest guy. Yeah. The old guy's the toughest guy. So (laughs) that's kind of different. Um, it's fun too, just cause he has all these stupid like weapons around his house. So like they're fighting with swords and staffs and. All, all kinds of shit. You uh, know, he throws it, a spear it, at him. It's funny because like I see that scene and I'm like I know exactly what they're going for. And it definitely gets the point across that this guy's such a fucking loser. <laughs> and he just he's living in a fantasy world of like, you know, all these great warriors right. from history yeah. he and I am the He thinks war- he's the great white hunter, right? And it's like, you're, you're just like all the other fucking losers. <laughs> like, we get that great scene. They, they did do some of this stuff right in terms of, I don't know, writing this bad guy stuff. Like, it's, it's on the nose, but it's, I don't know, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's stuff that's not that far removed from our current reality. Oh, yeah. So, like, definitely. Uh, when they're, he's having that meeting with, like, Matt Hunter shows up at his door to fight him. But before that, he's talking to a bunch of other, whatever, pentangle people in the group or whatever. And he's just, like, giving this little speech. And the way that he delivers the lines, he's, like, so pompous sounding and stuff. Yeah, and then he's, yeah. like, he's like, Hitler was right or whatever. <laughs> and all, like, all this shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Like, f- to have a, such an anti-fascist, uh, you know, in the 80s. When the action was coming from a bit of a fascist bend, when you when we're looking at movies like Rambo Two or whatever these kind of things, right? Uh, it's it's like a little bit of a something different to be like, no, these right wing guys are fucking lunatics and yeah. they need to be taken out. They're just as dangerous as any other terrorist group or whatever. It's kind of interesting. Like, so in the eighties, they make they can make a movie like this, like it, either side, like very political, mm-hmm. e- either side, right? But it's like, I don't know. They don't really like target political, like violent action movies where they have like blatant bad guys that are like ripped from the headlines, basically. They don't yeah. really have well, that. I mean, there's like, okay, there's like a lot of Middle Eastern type of villains in, in 80s movies and stuff that are sometimes unspe- from unspecified countries and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's not usually like no. But I'm talking about like this movie, right? I mean, Invasion USA, Invasion USA, right. Top Dog, Top Dog, right, right, right. Some Stone Cold action, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like I don't know. Let's let's get some. I mean, when you're dealing with Nazis, that it has to be like World War Two when they make yeah, a movie, right? Now. Like we did Sisu a little while ago, and it's. Yeah. Usually it's a, f- a, f- a flashback to something like that where um, that's the context that we see them fighting Nazis in. But you can have modern Nazis because guess what? There's there's modern Nazis out there <laughs> as we've yeah found there is out in the last bunch of years here. Yeah, I mean uh, we did we did that movie The Green Room. Green Room, okay, yeah, that's a great yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, that was a modern one that showed that, that was stuff. a modern one, and that, and they were fucking menacing villains yeah. in that movie. That, that was, was a really good movie. well done. Okay, so. You know, you get to the end of this movie and then you're left with this 
conversation that Matt Hunter has right. with the, the head of the CIA or whatever the fuck he is. I don't even know if they're supposed to be the CIA or what, but some kind of special forces, something and military. You're, you're left with this feeling that this guy who is... Yeah, we think he's like... he's. Matt Hunter's friend. He's the, yeah. he's the guy that's running this thing and he's on Matt's side through the movie. But Matt Hunter makes uh some innuendo of uh Yeah, like you are you're, you're you're the fifth member of the Pentangle that we never uncovered. So is there a sequel to this? There's no movie after this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have to wonder forever. Damn it. <laughs> uh no there's no Avenging Force 2 that I'm aware of. Um, I, I mean, guess they could make it today. They could, they could, <laughs> could bring back Dudikoff. Just take off from there. <laughs> uh, maybe we have Gosling instead of Dudikoff in the Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> in the main role. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, they never made another one. I think this one didn't do very well because I was, from what I was reading, it only got released in like 500 theaters. Or something like that. Okay. Like they just didn't have a way to do a wide release for some reason. I don't know if it was money or whatever the deal was, but um, that was the thing with Canon. They'd be like, "This one's going to be a hit," and they'd make they'd make all these movies, and you know, most of them didn't do all that well. Some of them did. Some of them did pretty well, but most of them weren't huge hits. And they'd usually make their money on video, right? Um, but. Every time I think they felt like, okay, we got a winner on our hands, but then they like undercut themselves by not going all the way with its release, right? right. So this to get, this sees 500 theater release. Not that many people see the thing. Right. Um, maybe it did okay on video. I don't know. But Well, what's interesting is like maybe it's because, you know, like Bloomhouse, they have a formula. They have mm. a particular formula and they film things in a way that... It's going to cost this amount of money. Right. We're not budgeting. It's working for them in it, terms of yeah. the, the money they're making. Some right? of them are going to like really hit and some of them are going to, as long as they make their money back, they don't care. Like right. it's a formula thing, right? It's, it's a small, it's more like small level investments rather than, um, taking big shots or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it's like, you know, Bloomhouse looks at Canon is like, okay, Canon's doing all this crazy shit. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, if we did that, but like took the riskiness out. Yeah, if we could, have, right. if we could somehow remove the risk uh, element, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't pay attention to all these direct to streaming movies because there's so fucking many of them yeah um like i don't know what studios what studios i couldn't name any of them well that's because that's because every if you put put any of these movies on there's like first of all it'll be like a such and such production from and it'll be like six different yeah and like who who and you'll be like i don't remember ever seeing that before it's just not the same as the old days like the old days we had you had your major studios and then you had you know you had orion and Carol Co and uh, you know new like all the Roger Corman ones new media and all this stuff and or Vestron and stuff and it's just not like that anymore now it's just all these little rinky dink everyone's got their own little everyone's got their own production company yeah exactly everyone's got their own little production company and that's what you're seeing but yeah it's just I watch movies like this I watch canon movies and I just think are we ever going to see something like this again like none of these like well, i don't it'd be think cool if there was a bloom house that focused on action yeah or it would be cool. sci-fi or whatever something you know like that right yeah yeah i just don't think there's something out there that does that no and i think horror has shown that it's um a safe sort of bet for them because well, like, horror is usually cheap to make and horror people, horror is cheap to make, and um, it often still does pretty good numbers. Even if they're, you know, they're not going to rival Barbie, but they're going to, like you said, make more back more than they cost to make the movie. Yeah, and there's going to be enough people that go to consistently see them that you're going to return your, you get a return on your investment. So uh, uh, I don't know if it's true for other genres or not. I just need lots of money so I can make some movies. <laughs> yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. 
That would be great. Uh, listeners out there, contact me. We're Give gonna, me your money. We're going to up the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to up the... Yeah. You feel like giving us 10 grand to make a film? Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to have a $25 million... <laughs> yeah, pledge. <laughs> pledge. <laughs> See, we'll let you know if we hit that goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything more? Uh, I don't think so. I think um, I think this is... for To me, I thought it was... It was decently fun. It was it delivered what I expected it to more or less. I did enjoy the the villains were a little crazier in this than in most of these kind of movies. Um, I think you know if you like canon movies, you'll probably have fun with this. Uh, you're in that mood, that kind of mood. You're gonna and then yet for some reason you like me, you hadn't seen this one. I think it's I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, is it an all time action classic? No. But yeah, I mean, I felt it, it was a little bit long. It dragged a little bit. There was kind of some useless scenes in there, um, that you probably could have cut. Uh, Merit. <laughs> I think if I was to, like, if I was to watch it maybe again or a couple times, like I might get some enjoyment out of the silliness of, well, here, small. you know, I did, I did think you'd be into it on the same level as an invasion USA. Maybe I don't think it's as nutty as invasion USA. Like, I feel like it's a little more restrained than that. Um, but it, it has some of the same vibes. Yeah. The thing about invasion USA though, was, um, just how far these guys would go like cold blooded. Yeah. Like it was like, I'm fucking sitting up straight mm-hmm. being like, what? <laughs> these guys just did what now? They did what? So I'm like, okay, okay. I like it. You know, they're taking it an extra step that you don't normally don't see in a movie. Right. So, but I don't know this movie. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't watch a trailer for it. I just started watching it. So I didn't know what to expect. You know, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch more canon movies and then I would appreciate it more. I I don't really know. Well, there's still a lot of canon movies I'd like to do at some point. Like Death Wish 3 is high on my list for canon stuff to do. Right. Um, That's one of my very favorite canon movies. Uh, Ninja, Ninja, uh, Revenge of the Ninja and Ninja 3 are both really fun. So there's, there's stuff out there we'll, we'll have to get to, but. Um, I guess we should, uh, get to our ratings. Yeah. So you want to go first? Yeah. So, um, my reaction was a six and, oh, my overall score ends up being a six as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I had fun. I don't think it's amazing, but I, I think if you're in the right kind of mood, you're in that canon mood, it'll, it'll do the job. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't too impressed. It was like very mid. Um, I have all fives except for pacing was a four. So I end up with 4.8. All right. Not great. (laughs) Sorry, Dustin. I'm a little disappointed. I'm letting you down. (laughs) So that's an overall score of 5.4. So let's see where that ends up. So 5.4. That's a pretty fair size tie. So... At 145, we have Roadhouse, <laughs> Hologram Man, <laughs> Bad Boys 2, wow. The Wraith, Tomorrow War, and Avengement. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, it's obvious right off the bat. And I think it goes after The Wraith and before Tomorrow War. <laughs> yeah, I actually I agree with you. Um, the Wraith is really fun as well and has a lot of those just 80s tropes yeah. that are fun to watch yeah. um, and it's also just weird a weird fucking movie um, I can't put it ahead of you know Bad Boys 2 what else did you say was at the front there uh, so it's Roadhouse oh, Hologram yeah. no, Man no fucking way is it better than Roadhouse or Hologram, or Hologram Man, Man. Hologram Man? <laughs> yeah Bad Boys 2 I mean I don't know I was never I wasn't impressed with any of the Bad Boys really um, I think wow. Bad Boys One was like I was like, yeah, okay. I kind of like two. I mean, it's too long. That's the one where like they fuck like us, right? That's Bad Boys Two. Yeah, the rats fucking. Yeah, the rats. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember. Um. Oh, isn't there like some like. Uh, white supremacist shit at the beginning and the like. Bayou? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Again. In the- Right. The bi- well, the Florida Bayou. The Florida, maybe. yeah, the Florida <laughs> Bayou. 
Okay, so that is then new number 149. I can live with that. Top 150. <laughs> oh, Michael Dudikoff. I mean, eventually we will have to check out at least the first American Ninja. Those were ones I really thought were so great as a kid. I'm sure they're not. Like, uh, you know, ninjas were such a hot thing in the 80s. And so anything with ninja, I was like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember renting those with my buddy for sleepovers and stuff. American Ninja. <laughs> I And I haven't seen any of them. So I look forward to it. <laughs> you damn right you do. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening. You know, sticking out till the end of this episode. Um, yeah, you can catch us on um, Instagram at Action Action Podcast. You can chat up Dustin. You can see what Dustin's watching and what uh, is going to be coming out in the next weeks. Um, you can also find us on Letterboxd at Action Action, and that's where our list is. And um, I, yeah, it's like 200 and something movies. I don't fucking know. I don't keep track of this shit. Check out the Patreon. Thanks again to all the Patreon. Yeah, supporters. check out the Patreon. Um, yeah, definitely appreciate all the support we get from the Patreons. And, you know, if if you go to the top tier, you know, make us pick a movie, force us to watch, yeah. I don't know, whatever you, whatever you choose. This reminds me, i got to get a hold of Tyler and see what his pick is going to be. But oh, yeah. okay, cool. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Guys, guys.